Welcome to the Eye Test, a fantasy football podcast for those who are tired of hearing boring stats all the time. This is episode 29, and we are coming at you with another edition in our way, way, way too early series. And this is our way, way, way too early running back rankings for 2023. And guys, before we get into the rankings, I've been on Twitter all week. I got to get something off my chest. Actually, I'm going to ask you guys a question. So do you guys have Bijan Robinson in your top 12 for 2023? Not yet. My answer is also not yet. It's way, way, way too early. So I don't have him there. I got to figure out where he goes. That's like a big thing. If you want me to put him in my top 12, I got to figure out what team he's going to. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he's... Actually, yeah, you can't really predict it. He's a first-round running back. Is he a top 10 overall pick? I I don't think that he's going to be a top 10 pick. He has that type of talent, but with the way the running back position is now, like we've seen how top 10 running backs go, aside from Saquon, who was picked very high. That's it. Leonard Fournette and Zeke oh, were yeah. picked high. Running backs are just a dime a dozen nowadays. You get a few years out of them, and then they're gone. So I definitely agree. It's way, way, way too early, but I do have him in my rankings. So I like it, but honestly, just for a discussion, but we'll get into that (laughs) later. Just had to ask you guys real quick. So Paul, we're going to start off with you. Then it'll be John and then it'll be me. We're going to do the same version like we did In our first and second round, it'll pretty much just be a draft, but it'll be with our running back rankings. So, Paul, start us off. Who is your RB1 going into 2023? So, I I have my RB1, I think. Did McCaffrey ever repeat as an RB1 in his career? No, because after his his 1.1 season and then he was ADP 1.1, he had the ACL tear. Then he came back and he was like, it was like Alvin Kamara or CMC. CMC did great for three weeks, then like tore his Achilles or whatever. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to have a repeat for this year. I'm calling it. Get on FanDuel and get Austin Eckler as your RB1 at plus 600 next year. Throw the house on it. I completely see Eckler continuing to dominate this Chargers offense. Will they fire Brandon Staley if they lose the first if they lose the playoff game this year? The first game, I don't see why you wouldn't fire Brandon Staley. But we all know I absolutely hate Brandon Staley. So, you hate him. You yeah. absolutely hate him. They might not be thinking that, but Eckler is just you want to talk about the eye test. I mean, God, we wrote this poor man off after three weeks. Like he wasn't gonna be this, he wasn't gonna be that. And then Eckler said, Please hold my beer. I'm going to continue to put up 30. 40 at least 20 plus point games the rest of the year he's a ppr nightmare he scores a bunch of touchdowns keenan allen and mike williams aren't getting any younger who knows with keenan allen mike williams injury history as well what happens he's going to be the focal point of this offense and did i mention that he has justin herbert as quarterback this chargers offense is going to move the ball up and down the field nobody's taking goal line touches from him nobody's eating any between the hash marks from him as well he's going to be a full-blown full-fledged RB1, I look for him to have another big year next year. Oh, I was talking about McCaffrey. I For some reason, I thought you asked if McCaffrey repeated. I did. I asked if McCaffrey repeated because I was going to follow up with, I think Eckler's going to be the first RB1 to repeat 
Yeah. Since yeah, McCaffrey, long, but, long since, but McCaffrey didn't repeat. So we should probably find out who's the last RB1 to repeat RB1 status. I think I don't it's, know if it exists. It's been a while. I think we got this stat earlier in the year, and it's Was been it like a Marshall long, Falk. It's it's Haley. been a long. It's been a long time. I don't. Know. Jamal Gurley didn't. Jamal Todd Charles. Gurley didn't. Jamal Charles. No. Was he ever RB one? Let's just find this out now. Yep. So I looked up who's who was the last RB1 in fantasy football to go back to back. I'm going to look up repeat. It's definitely not. Oh, the number one in PPR in consecutive seasons was Priest Holmes in 2002 and 2003. That's that's 20 years. But honestly, it's not surprising with how the running back position is injuries and getting it more into the modern NFL. It's more of a passing league. It's hard to predict these running backs workloads nowadays. So not really that surprising, but I think Austin Eckler is a great pick. I think him and McCaffrey could be switched very easily between those one and two spots, in my opinion. So that leads us to John. Do you have McCaffrey as your RB2? Yeah, I would. I have him as my one, but if Eckler's going to go one, I have no problem with that as a collective group here. So yeah, throwing in Christian McCaffrey in the top two, I think. You have to. You have to. And it's not like it's hard to predict it ever. Like almost everyone's wrong. There's going to be some type of surprise in this group that we're just like not expecting. Like, how do you call that? You have to make your way, way, way too early rankings like off of what you know currently. And it's like McCaffrey is killing it on the Niners. Eckler, although he's getting older, doesn't show any signs of slowing down. So like they have to be your top two right now. Um, And they're certainly going to end in the top five. But right now I have them as my one and two deadly duo of running backs. If you are a top three pick in your redraft league next year, you have to have McCaffrey or Eckler at least on the top of your mind. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's really much of a debate there. Kind of like how a couple of years ago it was the consensus was it was McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook were the easy one, too. And then this past year, there's always those two running backs at the top of the draft where it's like, okay, maybe you could switch them, but these two guys are for sure going one and two. And it seems like next year it's going to be Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey, at least for these current way, way, way too early rankings. But I think for RB3, I think I'm going to surprise a lot of people right here. And this is a guy we've talked about. We've talked about him recently. He's getting a little older, but he's showing no signs of slowing down. And even in a really mediocre offense this year, he still put up top five running back numbers. And I have Derrick Henry as my running back three going into 2023. Wow. What's crazy is like the running back three this year could be like the seventh or eighth pick in the first round. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and like Derrick Henry being drafted in the eighth spot sounds crazy. It does. It does. And we had him it we had him in the second rounds in our <laughs> so 
I yeah. Think I think he'll definitely move his way into the first round by the time draft season comes around. But this guy is the modern NFL's Frank Gore. Consistent, durable, outside of last season. Showed that season was a fluke. Stayed healthy all this season. Still put up top five numbers, as I said. And I think the Titans offense will be better next year. Hopefully they get a better quarterback in there to actually run an offense where they can't just focus on Derrick Henry the entire time. Traylon Burks will hopefully be healthy for the entire year, and the Titans offense should be running a little smoother. Do I hear Tom Brady in Tennessee? I can see it, and you know, he's Tommy Checkdown, so Derrick Henry might get an uptick in receptions next year. With Vrabel, too? He has the Vrabel connection as well. Don't forget the Vrabel connection. What I'm scared of, and don't get me wrong, Derrick Henry is cracking my top 10 running backs. I do have him falling a couple spots down. But if they do get a better quarterback in here, Henry's volume is going to go down. Wouldn't you think the production would go down too? The question is, say they get, let's just entertain this. Let's say Tom Brady goes to the Titans. First of all, it'd be super scary to see Derrick Henry with PPR upside. Like I don't think anybody (laughs) wants to deal with that. If Derrick Henry starts catching five, six passes a game, Look out, world. He's going to break fantasy records. But I can totally see Brady going to Tennessee and being like, listen, I don't want to get hit. I will make big-time throws for you when you need. There's not many weapons on the offensive side of the ball not named Derrick Henry. So, like, Brady could be perfectly fine with giving Derrick Henry the ball 35 times a game. Absolutely. And having a clean uniform to go home to his super hot new 23-year-old girlfriend. I could see it. I don't think Brady will go there, but – I can totally see like Derrick Henry still being an absolute monster. And if he does get a quarterback that likes to do checkdowns, then the sky is the absolute limit for this guy. All right. That's fair. So then who do you have at your four, Paul? So at my four, and this is kind of weird because this is actually our first running back that we don't know where he's going to be next year. He is a pending free agent. And I have Saquon Barkley at Me number too. four. Nice. Yes, he's my four. He's my four as well. Let's go. Nice, <laughs> dude. So yeah, Saquon Barkley. I'm hoping the Giants resign him and to continue to make him the centerpiece of this offense. But again, we just don't know what's going to happen. But Saquon Barkley has proven that after that really rough injury two years ago, that he's come back and what he can do fully healthy. He is a complete workhorse back who can catch passes out of the backfield, who can pass block, who can run between the tackles, and who can run outside of the tackles. He has elusiveness, he has power, he has speed. He's everything you want in a running back. And I should have his age with me, but I unfortunately don't. But I don't think he's... like 26. Yeah, he's not old. Obviously, he's been in the league a while. But yeah, he'll be 26 for next... He'll be 26 at the start of next season. But there's just so much you can do with Saquon Barkley. And wherever he ends up, whether it's the Giants or whether it's somebody else, people are going to pay him and they're going to feed him the rock. So I expect Saquon Barkley to still have a very good year next year and crack that top five. Yeah, I would say that if I had to pick one of these running backs in the top five that we're ranking, Saquon's the guy that I could see beating out Eckler and McCaffrey and being the 1-1 because I do think that he's going to stay on the Giants. I think the Giants are going to pay him. So not much is going to change with Saquon besides him just getting one year better like he's not getting older well he like you know what I mean by that he's not weathering 
And yeah. I think that he is just going to become more and more of the focal point for the Giants. I don't even know if that's possible. But so, <laughs> they're really going to boost his numbers next year, especially if they pay him the money. They're going to be like, we have to make this yeah. And quick tangent question. If you are starting a dynasty season this year, are you drafting Saquon Barkley or Austin Eckler first? Ooh. Saquon, two years. Two years younger. Oh. Saquon, for sure. Ten times out Where of ten. Like you take these four guys, if you had to real quick off the top of your head, dynasty rankings. I think I – oh, oh wow. That's really – Saquon's number one. Saquon, I, McCaffrey, Eckler. I'd probably still go Eckler, Saquon, McCaffrey, Henry. In dynasty? I think In there's dynasty. other guys. I think there's other guys you could argue or like people, but just out of these four. Oh yeah. I, oh, if we're talking these four, I'd probably go McCaffrey. Honestly, really? I think I would because he's still 26, and people. Oh my God, is that young? Yeah, he's McCaffrey's oh, only 26, shit. and this Niners offense is borderline unstoppable. He's still going to be a focal point. I am maybe a little worried about Elijah Mitchell being a little too involved, but. He's McCaffrey's just so good, and he's shed that injury prone tag now. So, yeah, I'd go McCaffrey out of these four guys, honestly. But let's move on to our next running back, and that is our RB5. We are doing our way, way, way too early running back rankings. John, who do you have as your RB5? I'm gonna throw Josh Jacobs in here. That's who I have. That's okay, cool. nice. I actually had Jacobs as my three, but I have no problem having Jacobs at five. Of course, this could change if his team changes, but I just think, what was Jacobs this year? The three? Three, I think. Eckler, Jacobs. Was, no, Eck it was... Eckler, McCaffrey, Jacobs. It was Eckler, McCaffrey, Jacobs. Yep. Okay, so... I think that's a fair spot to put him at five because I don't think he's going to repeat the stats that he did this year, which means that he's going to fall back a little bit. So to have him at five, totally fine with me. Yeah, I personally think he's going to stay with the Raiders. He said he wants to stay with the Raiders. Really? Yeah, I, he said he wants to re-sign with them. I think it's more of a question of... I don't think it's even really a question. I don't think it really matters who's going to be under center because if they get, let's say they just stick with Jared Stidham for whatever reason, Josh Jacobs is going to be the focal point. Let's say they get Tom Brady, check down Brady. He's still going to be a focal point. No matter what, if he's on the Raiders, he's going to get the volume, especially if McDaniels is still there, which I still expect McDaniels to be there. So I think Josh Jacobs will fall back just a little bit, but top five running back is easily within the grasp yeah, yeah. i agree no matter think, what his situation is yeah i think the only thing with jacobs is the raiders are i heard on the radio today the raiders are like the most cash poor franchise in the league because they i think they still have a lot of money tied up with gruden and that mark mm -hmm. davis the owner just doesn't have the cash flow coming i mean he just paid for a brand new stadium he's got all this going on so like they can't get rid of me why are you smirking john <laughs> no i just why do I feel like you listen to Raiders radio? This is like <laughs> no. a row where you brought up Raiders radio, and I'm like, how are you tuning into these stations? No, so like what brought up a lot of this conversation is because some idiot caller called on the local radio and was like, 
Y'all think the Ravens are going to trade Lamar Jackson for Derek Carr? And- no, I know. That's what you said last week. Didn't yeah, you? He he said that I know, but that's like what stunted this whole thing. And then the one radio host was like, this is why that won't happen. And it's because they're the Raiders are cash poor. So they okay. can trade for Lamar, sure, but they can't pay him. This Raiders fan just keeps calling into your station like, hey, it's me again. <laughs> but yeah, so I, we'll see what happens with Jacobs, I'm sure. If he wants to stay in Vegas and he'll take a hometown discount, who knows? But I don't think I don't think he'll be a Raider next year. He's 25. I don't think there's any chance he's taking a discount because if the history of running backs tell us anything, this is the contract where you want to cash in. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be very close to 30 if not at 30 by the end of this contract so he's got to cash in here so there's going to be no hometown discount i think but regardless i think he'll no matter where he goes i think he's going to be a top five back regardless but i still expect him to stay in vegas but let's move on to number six we're almost we're going to be halfway through our running back rankings with this one i think i'm going to surprise a few people here again. There's a little caveat with this one because this player got hurt earlier in the season. We talked about it a little bit. Early in the season enough where he's going to be ready for week one, it looks like, and for training camp. So that's good, and that's why I have him so high at this point. And that's Brees Hall at number six. And one of the bigger reasons why I think he's going to get up to number six is I think the quarterback situation will be better with the Jets, whether that's Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. Someone is going to come onto the Jets team next year, regardless of who it is. It's going to be a veteran and it's going to know how to just distribute the ball better. And that's it's crazy that you even have to say that as a Jets fan because the expectations are so low. But... <laughs> Listen, we don't need you to do much. We don't even need you to win games. Just distribute distribute the ball ball better. (laughs) One step at a time. Just distribute the ball. That's all us Jets fans want is just competent quarterback play. It's amazing that we can't get it, but that's besides the point. We all saw what Brees Hall could do. He passed the eye test with flying colors before he got injured. And honestly, if he comes back fully healthy, I think he he could push maybe a Derrick Henry a Josh Jacobs, a Saquon, maybe out of the top five if he's healthy all season. He was that good, and he's easily one of the best young running backs in the NFL, if not the best running back currently in the NFL. Yeah, I, Bob, I'd have to agree with you. I think that Brees Hall on everybody on this list has the highest upside, not named Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So I think Christian McCaffrey in a full year with Kyle Shanahan could be incredible, but – Brees Hall overall, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking, are you going to pick Brees Hall or CMC next year as the 1.1, 1.2? Like, I, I really think that if they focus on Brees Hall, he could be that good. Yeah, he is that good. And the Jets aren't – I know there's – Donovan Knight had a couple good games. Michael Carter was good in his rookie year, fell off a little bit. But these guys are not Brees Hall. When he comes back, he's going to be getting the rock a lot yeah that does help Brees Hall's case for sure being like the workhorse my only question is like how are we actually coming to this conclusion that he's the truth after eight games where he performed like outstanding in half of those eight games I just want to know I'm not saying I disagree with you all I can see it 
I can see it in Brees Hall. I just don't understand how we're all so confident in it over uh, some of the other running backs. I would counter that with who would you put above him? Jonathan Taylor. Really? I see. I think, I think it's, a, I think that's a fair, it's fair to say that, but I think you're just going off. Of, I think Brees Hall's upside is higher than Jonathan Taylor's. Maybe he won't have as great of an Two, individual. Two three down backs right there though. It's like, it's almost equal. <clears throat> I, yeah, yeah, I think they're about equal. I think Jonathan Taylor, it's just one of those things where we saw, like you said in our last episode, we saw Jonathan Taylor already have the overall running back season. great season. Yeah. We saw it already. Like, I don't know. My eyes just tell me that Brees Hall is on that level. And maybe I'm crazy, but I feel more confident going into next season with the Jets offense than I do the Colts offense. The Jets are definitely more structured than the Colts at this moment. It's just in the back of my mind. Like, I'm not hopping. I'm not full-on Brees Hall is top five yet because it's just hard for me to predict. I saw how good he was when he was, like, the number one running back on the Jets when they're like, hey, this is your role now. He took advantage his rookie season and shined but just not for a long enough time for me mm-hmm. to like really put that in the back of my head and like cement it really. Yeah. Brees Hall is the guy, yeah. but I so, see it. Like I see it. I can, I can totally see it. It's just, it's hard for me to commit when it comes to like investing a whole season in Brees Hall. And then it also comes, is he going to lose rushing attempts if Lamar Jackson is the quarterback? Does that affect his volume? This is why we do the way, way, way yeah. too Right, and I, I know he's not the quarterback yet, so I, I have Brees Hall cracking my top ten. I'm. It's just those are the questions in my mind. Like, yeah. how are we coming to this conclusion already? Yeah. But no, I think I'll rest my case. I I will be the first to admit. I think I'm definitely all aboard the hype train for Brees Hall because you're exactly right, John. We've seen with our own eyes what Jonathan Taylor can do and what he's capable of. And here's the fresh new PlayStation Five. That we all want, but it's being sold out everywhere and you can't get your hands on it, but you want it so badly. When your PlayStation 4 works just fine, it just had a bad year. And I slept on what you were saying about Jonathan Taylor the other day, and I will admit I think I had him a little too low than what I think he's possible of. I agree. I agree. Yeah, but I'm just... I'll be the first to admit, I'm all aboard the hype train. I love hype trains. That's why I was huge on Damian Pierce this year. Like I, I drafted the shit out of Damian Pierce. Because I was on the hype train. Yeah, but. that's true. Maybe I'm just a little bit sour that I was the 1.2 last year in my rookie draft, and I had to get Kenny Walker instead of Brees Hall. Yeah. Hey, Although, Kenny Walker- worked out for me this year. Yeah. Kenny Walker <laughs> didn't have a bad season, though. But let's move on to RB7. And this leads us to Paul. Brees Hall was an interesting pick. But now it gets really interesting, I think, because you get from that like really high tier – and then you get more towards like, you know, these can go anyway. These are like your late second round picks right here, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. So, Paul, who you got? So, I'm going to be not sexy here. And I'm going to go Nick Chubb. Oh, oh, oh he I did thought you were going to crack my top 12. Dude, what? I know. We literally made a huge I know. video. About... I... All right. I think so it's, here. Re- it's recency bias for me. It might be, but Nick Chubb, and honestly, a big part of this is just for the past three years, I've, I'm have i so tired 
of passing on this guy and taking somebody else. And here's Nick Chubb yet again being the RB6. Like he's constantly cracking the top six like every year. And I'm just so tired of passing on this guy and having him go in the second and third round when I can get a above average RB1 around this value. And I can get Stephon Diggs and a Nick Chubb. I can get a Devontae Adams and a Nick Chubb. And I'm feeling really good about it. So I'm putting Nick Chubb right here as our RB7. And I just think, I know that he's touchdown dependent, but I just don't give a shit. He gets 25 carries a game. He's going to score touchdowns a lot. That's just what happens when you get the ball that much all the time. I will, because I did have Chubb in my top 12. I had him a little lower. And I've heard people talking about this on Twitter as well. The workload's been a little concerning with Deshaun Watson. Back, do you think that clearly, clearly, you don't think it'll affect him that much? But do you think there's a chance that it will affect him going into 2023 with Deshaun Watson? And probably they're going to be more willing to throw the ball with Deshaun Watson under center. I think so. I think you. You mean you, you don't pay Deshaun Watson guaranteed 200 and whatever million dollars they're paying him to have him hand the ball off and only throw the ball 15 times. But I think Deshaun Watson will be okay next year. I'm not saying he's going to be fantastic. I'm not saying he's going to be horrible. Ball's coming around. around. Yeah, but I think one more month, he's going to be like, go Browns! No, absolutely. I will never root. The minute I root for the Browns, you can take me out back and shoot me. But Deshaun Watson, I think he's still learning this offense. Kevin Stefanski, he's got another whole offseason. I think they'd be foolish to not use Nick Chubb. It's just you you have that talented of a guy who has proven year in and year out that he can literally carry you to wins, and you don't use him. And who knows, with Kareem Hunt gone, Nick Chubb, it's not like Nick Chubb can't catch the ball. It's not like he has bricks for hands. Like He can be a factor in the pass game. So maybe they look for him to do more of that, and that kind of helps regulate the lack of carries. I like that thought process it will be interesting to see if they do bring in someone else like they will yeah i'm sure they will but will they be will he be like a real 1a 1b like kareem hunt was for a little bit not this season past couple seasons he was so it'll be interesting to see if what kind of running back they bring in behind nick chubb and john i know who you already have as yeah. RB8, but I want you to say it because, and we've talked about him a lot. I already know, and I'm sure you had him higher. But... Yeah, I did. I had Jonathan Taylor. I don't mind. Hey, if he's running back eight next year, that is a huge improvement than what he was this year. And honestly, cracking the top 10 is a big accomplishment for running backs. If you have a running back in the top 10 and a wide receiver or two, in the top 20 like your team is very good and if you have a top five quarterback like you're a playoff team just right there it's like you look at these rankings of top 12 like all of these players can be players that are responsible for winning you a week and there's going to be some teams that have the number one or number three running back and they don't even make the playoffs so it's like your goal is just to draft like top 12 players in each position and you're set. You can have the twelve, you can have the twelfth best running back and the number three wide receiver. Like that's amazing. That's your goal here. So all these players are putting up around 
20 points a week, at least you can get pretty close to it every single week. That's really all you want. Quick little tangent. So yeah, Jonathan Taylor being at eight, not a problem at all. I do think the Colts will do some type of damage control this offseason. I know they have tons of things to fix, but I think that if they can just find someone to build the team around, which is probably going to be a quarterback, then they're looking good. That'll help Jonathan Taylor. I think Jeff Saturday will coach again for the Colts because I think he would have already gotten fired by now. Do you think that? Do you think that's good or bad for the Colts, though? I don't really know much about coaching. I really don't. I neither is Jeff Saturday. I just just think that (laughs) I think that changing coaches a lot fucks with star players, and I don't want that to happen to Jonathan Taylor. So if Jonathan Taylor can just get to know the people that are calling the plays and understand and build chemistry with them, then I think that'll help Jonathan Taylor's case and stay healthy. Yeah. Yes. This, the thing is about an interim head coach, and not to touch on this too much, but the thing about an interim head coach is can you show me how many interim head coaches have gone on to be full-time head coaches and had success? I don't know anything about coaching. You guys, I don't know. I, don't, I truly don't know any interim head coaches who have done that. Do you guys want to know the Colts? I'm pretty – I don't know the exact number, but I know the range. Do you guys want to know the Colts' point differential since Jeff Saturday took over? Is it positive? <laughs> no. Oh, I thought uh, it was going to be like a little trick minus, question there. Minus 75. I'm going to minus 100-something. No, not that much, Paul. But it was – John, you were close. It was – I'm going to give you the range because I don't remember the exact number. It was between minus 71 and minus 81. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> in the middle. Yeah, so, I don't know. I was thinking. I was like, I feel like they definitely got blown out one. Yeah. So, John, you were right there. And I think, honestly, yeah, I know me and Paul gave you a lot of shit when we recorded last week during our mock draft. But I've come around a little bit. I think it was more of an injury thing for Jonathan Taylor. He still had a pretty okay, decent year (laughs) when he was on the field. So, as long as he's fantasy purposes. Yeah, as long as he stays on the field and he's getting consistent touches, he should easily be a top 10 running back and probably could crack into the top five if he gets in the end zone and gets in the passing game involved more. So got to apologize to John for that. It was you did not deserve that. Yeah, we're sorry, John. It's okay. That's what we do. We disagree. This podcast would suck if all we were like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) That's a great pick. (laughs) <laughs> Great pick, Paul. All right, on to you, Bob. Whoa, nice. <laughs> Another pick. good one. All right, here's mine. <laughs> I do have a good one, though, for number nine. Okay, let's hear it. And I think you guys are going to like it. Another guy we talked about a lot. And it is Tony Pollard. Oh, yes. I'm glad. If you didn't take him, I was going to take him. And this is another situation that's fluid. I think this could change based on what happens in the offseason, if Zeke leaves, all that stuff. But I think Tony Pollard is an easy top 10 running back if Zeke leaves and could push into even higher if everything bounces the right way. I'm still a little concerned about him not having the history of being the main guy, but I think he showed enough this season that to put him in the top 10 for next season at least way, way, way early. So, I know you guys agree with me. 
What yeah. do you guys think? I had Pollard at my eight, so I'm totally everything that you just said. I'm totally fine. And honestly, I think that has that has that ranking holds true whether Zeke is there or not. See, that's where I that's where I defer a little bit. Like I still feel if not that I think Zeke will be the better running back by any means. I think your eyes just tell you and the numbers tell you at this point that Pollard's just better. But if Zeke's on the team, they're still going to be giving him the ball. Yeah. So that's what worries me if Zeke is still there, is that inevitably there's going to be volume taken away from Pollard. Yeah, I think it definitely dampers his ceiling. But, I mean, with Zeke this year, he was the RB7. But I think Zeke's gone. I think Pollard – God, if I get Pollard in, like, the – if I get Pollard and then Kelsey, like, 12 and 13th overall, like, I am shitting bricks next year. Do you would – that's – yeah, a- I wouldn't take Pollard that high in any circumstances, but I, I get the sentiment. Yeah. I'm not yeah. against it, Paul. I think that what would make more sense is getting like Kelsey at the seven and then Pollard at like the 16 or something like that. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. But when you're drafting that and we'll dive into that whole nother time, but when you have that last pick, when you have that 12th pick, you have to just take your favorite two yep. guys because yeah. you're not yeah. picking for a very long time. And I think out of this list that we have so far, I think Pollard and CMC really have the highest ceilings because of the things we don't know. We don't know what CMC would look like a full year in a Kyle Shanahan offense. We don't know how Tony Pollard would look if Zeke's not in the picture and everything else on this Cowboys offense stays the same. So I think the ceiling, I don't think there is a ceiling on Tony Pollard, to be very honest with you. I like him. Yeah, he's he's going to be shooting up. If once Zeke leaves, if he leaves in the offseason, Twitter is going to be going crazy for Tony mm. Pollard. It's going to be really exciting to see. But moving on from Tony Pollard, let's move on to our RB10 in our way, way, way too early running back rankings for 2023. Paul, who you got at 10? So I really struggled with this here. I wanted to put a running back over this guy, but I want to see how the playoffs go for this running back before I dub him officially in my top 10 way, way, way too early ranking. I'm going to go with a different guy whose season is unfortunately over. He's watching from the couch, and that's Najee Harris. I know that he was a bit disappointing this year. He finished as the overall RB14, but – don't I think it was a tail it was it was a tail of two halves this year. So the first half was really struggling for Najee. I think he was fighting that Liz Frank injury, whatever foot injury he had, that was certainly hindering him. But I think there's more to be optimistic about than there is to be pessimistic about. And what there is to be optimistic about Najee is that Kenny Pickett and him, they're only going to improve. They're both very young, very capable players. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett's gonna be a superstar. But Najee Harris, I think with another year in this offense, if he comes back fully healthy, there's no reason that he can't become a PPR relevant running back. And all it really takes, the Steelers have the offensive weapons. They have Najee. They have a great tight end, Fryermuth. They have a borderline wide receiver one in Deontay Johnson, like depth chart wise, not talking fantasy football, but like depth chart wise. They have a phenomenal number two in George Pickens. And so I think if they spend this offseason and improve that offensive line, that's only going to help Najee out. 
because that's been Najee's knock is he gets the carries. He gets the looks in the pass game, but he's averaging 3.3, 3.5 yards a carry. So if you can get that YPC up to about four plus, Najee's going to be a fantastic fantasy option for you next year. Yeah, what I love about the Steelers and like how I'm just projecting that they are going to improve greatly next year. You have such a young team in terms of like your key possessions, quarterback, two wide receivers and the running back like that average age is like 24 so of course these guys have some adjusting to do pickens and pickett were both joining the offense this year you have deontay and Najee returning pickett played a very important role in how he's going to distribute the ball and there was a quarterback carousel i think it just like you said paul it made Najee's job very hard so i'll piggyback on what you said if they can build their offensive line mike tomlin will still be the head coach not much is changing for these young players, which is very important. You can't have a lot changed for these young players. The Steelers are going to get better next year, and that directly correlates to Najee's production as well. I agree with everything you guys said. I actually had Najee much higher on my list. Not going to reveal the number or anything, but I completely agree with everything you said. think he's going to be healthy next year. think he's going to be better next year. Steelers' offense will get better. So I would be looking to draft Najee in, you know, like the mid-second round, I think will be a good value play for him. So let's move on to number 11. Getting close towards the end. Should be interesting, these next couple guys. I want, hopefully there's a little spice in here. John. Yeah. This is another spice, John. Another three down back. I have something very spicy. I'm going to leave him out because I really want to get this guy in the top 12. And I'm sure we probably want to list like our snubs at the end of this. So I'll do that. I think this guy really needs to crack the top 12 because I believe he was the 13th running back this year. And he's totally going to get better. He's going to put up better fantasy numbers next year simply because he's going to have a whole year of being the RB1 on the Seahawks. And that is Kenny Walker. He, honestly, I think he's going to do better than Chubb. I think he's going to do better than Tony Pollard. You were about to say Barkley. You were about to say Barkley. No. I saw it in your mouth. You were about no, to say Barkley. I was going to say Brees Hall. Ah, uh, I saw the book. No, yeah, I was going to say Brees Hall, but and quite honestly, I have more to fall back on to show Kenny Walker will be, but that's a, we've already had this conversation. So I think Kenny Walker deserves to be cracked into our top 12. He will be a running back one next year. You can mark my words, whether that's the running back five, seven, nine, eleven, doesn't matter. Um, he's got the, and the Seahawks, if they continue to have Metcalf and Lockett as the wide receivers, defenses aren't going to be able to hone in on Kenny Walker. And even if they do, Kenny Walker is very elusive. So I'm not even worried, but I really like how Kenny Walker, he got drafted by the right team. We'll put it that way. And he's about to get a nice young stud quarterback too. What if the, so I didn't have Kenny Walker in my top 12. The only reason I didn't, I'm. And I want to know if you're concerned about this. Clearly you're not. But what about Rashad Penny coming back next season? Yeah, I know. I think they're going to lean heavily on Walker. Yeah, I am not worried about that at all because the Seahawks have already shown. So Chris Carson, believe it or not, whether you guys knew this or not, was a first-round draft pick from Seattle many years ago or a couple years ago, not that long ago. And Rashad – or no, I'm sorry. Rashad Penny was the first round draft. Pick. Yes. Yeah. Rashad Penny was the first round draft pick. And Chris Carson 
was the late round draft. He was like seventh round or something. Yeah. And they had no problem using Chris Carson over Rashad Penny all the time. So I think Pete Carroll doesn't give a shit about where you're drafted. He doesn't care about what the team you think the team owes you. I think he's going to put the best running back forward. And I think right now, as according to the eye test, Ken Walker, I think, has played better than Rashad Penny has ever played in his career. You're yeah, probably looking at Rashad Penny right now. That dude cannot stay on the field. The last two years, so he played five weeks, we'll say. He really played four weeks this year. And then the year prior, he was injured all of the beginning of the year, didn't play till week 13. That's when he had his flash. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, Rashad Penny shooting up draft boards. And he came out this year very cold. He had one good 30-point game against the Swiss Cheese Lions in week four before they had it figured out. Like, Rashad Penny is lightning in a bottle, and he has not been a consistent good running back his whole career. Like, I'm looking at his whole career. Didn't play 2017, the year he was drafted. Year 2018, his highest score was 17 points where he played 40% of the snaps, so that's lightning in a bottle. 2018, 19 points against the Eagles, where he played less than 50% of snaps, had 14 rushing attempts, 130 yards, so that's like one big run. Do it's a big run. Every game, yeah, every game you're talking about is probably one big run. Todd Penny is hyped up. Kenny Walker is consistent, elusive, young, healthy. Yeah. If you have doubts about Ken Walker, just please watch a quick highlight tape of him running the ball this year. I've watched him run over like eight defenders in a single run. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. I think Ken Walker could definitely end up cracking my top 12 when it gets closer. He was really good. I test told me he was really good. He obviously looked the part, but he never really had any like big time performances, which was a little concerning, but obviously those big time performances could vary a lot. That's the only thing I would worry about. Still think he could easily crack the top 12 come draft season, but let's get to our last one and then we'll get to our snubs. So this is a guy I had a little higher, one spot higher than 12. I'm going to put him in my 12 spot now. And that is Travis Etienne at 12. Forgot Travis about e- him. Travis Etienne cracking the 12 spot for the eye test. And I don't really need to say much here. We all know that Travis Etienne is a do-it-all running back. He's explosive. He's an every-down back for the Jaguars, an offense that is only going to get better next season with another year of Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley coming back. Maybe would be a little worried about some volume getting taken away with Ridley coming back, but the Jaguars don't really have any other options at running back. And like we said before, he's a full year off of that injury that he had last season. And we all know what happens second year of a running back off of a major injury. They tend to be better. So I'm looking for Travis Etienne to have a better season next year, be more comfortable in that offense and fully ascend to RB one territory. Yeah, I, Bob, I don't know if you got it when I was talking about the running back I want to see in the playoffs this year before yeah, I dumped in that 10 spot. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was ETN for me. I think we've touched it. We've touched on it. I'm not going <laughs> to touch it. We've touched on it a good <laughs> bit. T- I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not going to go on it too much further, but 
these running backs, the Saquon Barkley theory, it's not the first year they're back healthy. It's the second year. And he's in a fantastic offense with his best friend at quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Doug Peterson has proven he's a fantastic coach. ETN, God, I love looking at my dynasty team and seeing ETN there. I'm so glad I did not trade him. Oh, I wish you traded him to me when I offered you Kirk Cousins for him. I Dude, really, I'd be kicking was, myself. That would have been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So that rounds out our top 12. John, do you want to give our viewers the top 12? Certainly. The eye tests way, way, way too early. 2023 running back rankings. We have the number one, Austin Eckler. The first back-to-back number one running back since 2002. Austin Eckler, at age 28, he does this. The 1.2, or the running back two, rather, would be Christian McCaffrey. He's staying in his lane. The number three running back, Derrick Henry. Number four, Saquon Barkley. Lots of familiar names here, but this is when it starts to get different, honestly. You got Josh Jacobs. Then, for the sixth running back, Brees Hall comes back from injury, shocks the world, and shows why he should be a first-round draft pick in 2024. Nick Chubb, Mr. Consistency, coming in at running back seven. Jonathan Taylor, a bounce-back year from, like, running back 45, makes it to running back eight. Tony Pollard, running back nine. Do you guys know what he finished at this year? I think it was seven. Tony Pollard was the RB7. All right. Let's just remember that because I do think Pollard is getting better. Number 10, Najee Harris. Number 11, Kenny Walker. And number 12, Travis Etienne. Lots of young running backs cracking the top 12, like Brees Hall, Kenny Walker, Travis Etienne, Tony Pollard. I'd even put him in there. That Those are some cool names to see being running back ones next year. Who did you guys have as your snubs? We'll start with Paul, and let's all just give one. Sure. So I will take the not obvious one because I really want to talk about this guy. And it's really, it actually pains me to not see Alvin Kamara in this list this year. Really? I'm not saying he's supposed, I'm not, no, 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 no. You misunderstand. I'm not saying he's supposed to be in the list. I'm just saying it's sad to see a guy dominate as a top five running back for the past four years and to have him, dude, I didn't have him anywhere near my top 12. I put a bunch of other guys over him as honorable mentions. And so I want to hold not a fantasy funeral, but maybe a fantasy send off to Alvin Kamara, the RB one. Maybe Alvin Kamara is just a, maybe he's just a functional RB two next year. I don't know, but it was just very weird for me to see Alvin Kamara's name, not in a top 12 running back list for the first time god since we were probably in college hats off to you alvin kamara you've had a great great yeah. fantasy career kamara's gonna be the flex player of the year next year dude probably yeah dude, he's gonna be fifth round gold nothing next wrong year, with that dude he's like uh you know washington wizards michael jordan <laughs> yeah yeah there you go there you go <laughs> just hats off to you alvin it's sad to see you go but you're no longer in my top 12 and you never How about you will. bob so 
I, this isn't, again, what Paul's saying, this isn't a guy that I have really in my top 12, but it's a guy that's had a lot of discussion, especially on Twitter, especially in Dynasty Leagues coming up and everything. And so I want to talk a little, just a little bit about him because I'm so much chatter going on. We would be, it would be so wrong not to bring him up. And that's Bijan Robinson. I am hearing crazy things about this guy. And you guys know I'm a Texas Longhorns fan. So I watch these games. Like I've seen Bijan Robinson play a bunch. And granted, he looks really good, amazing. But people are talking about this guy like he's literally going to walk in and just 100% going to be an RB1 next year without even knowing the team that he's going to be on yet. So the last rookie I think that we saw that came in and just lit the world on fire was Saquon Barkley. So it's been what, like five to six years. years. So again, my opinion could change on this, but I just can't imagine him putting up a top 12 season at this point in time. What do you guys think? It seems crazy to me, but also maybe I'm just more conservative in my approach. Well, I think people were doing it with Brees Hall last year, so I think it only makes sense to do it with B. John Robinson. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I think the big thing for me is that I need to see what team drafts him before I make a decision on him being an RB1 next year. I need to see where he goes. So right now, I just typed in 2023 mock draft. I'm on CBS Sports right now. And, of course, this is going to change. But right now, and I'd like to use this as, like, a discussion piece, he's projected to get drafted by the Buccaneers. So if Bijan was on the Buccaneers, what does that do? Oh, Paul, Rashad White. <laughs> oh, Rashad no, White Paul, sorry. Are down. No! <laughs> sorry, Paul. Rashad White, no more. Dude, why would they touch him when they have a superstar in Rashad White ready to Dude, take Rashad the White, They're also going to have to. isn't that good. They're also going to have to probably shop for a quarterback this offseason. So there's a chance they draft one. I refuse to believe that the Buccaneers move off of Rashad White until I see it. Paul's married to Rashad White. It's so funny. (laughs) I'm going to get Rashad White for our next studio for next season. I will have a Rashad White fathead. I mean, here's what's concerning. You look at the teams that are around that. So let's not just focus on the Bucks. Like they have him going at pick 19. So the teams around him are the Lions, the Steelers, the Commanders, the Seahawks, the Jaguars, the Giants. So a lot of those teams have a running back that they don't need to draft one. Maybe the I don't think the Commanders would do it. The Ravens are pick 24. There's a chance that could happen, but you guys need more than just a running back. You guys don't if need we, a running back. If we draft a fucking running back with that first round pick, I will lose my goddamn shit. Dude, it's, like, dude the Eagles are a 10th pick. If we got Bijan Robinson instead of having to pay Miles Sanders that money, I would be fine. We have other needs. I love Bijan Robinson. Like that We have J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Why would we bring in a third running back? We don't just, even utilize both of them. I haven't heard J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards in the top 12 conversation but Bijan is so why not draft him split backfield they're not gonna they're not if they if Eric Tacosca drafts Bashan Robinson I will not be happy well you're projected Nolan Smith the edge rusher from Georgia right now real quick we're the Jets do you happen to know what pick you are 13 
Bryce oh, Young. I don't know if you're gonna like this. What is Anthony it? Richardson? Oh, that's yeah, that's shit. That's shit. <laughs> Never mind. That, John, that's not gonna happen. Okay, John, I don't want it. No, no more. <laughs> John, who do you have as your snub, and then we'll close it out. Yeah, DeAndre Swift. <sighs> you're still on this, huh? I if Jamal Williams is not on the team. If I could, he is really crazy efficient. So it can happen, but only if Jamal Williams is not there next year. DeAndre Swift was very close to getting a thousand yards this year, and it did not feel like it at all. Not at all. No, was it a thousand total scrimmage yards or a thousand rushing yards? I thought it was rushing. That's great. That was very quiet. He was tiptoeing. Let me see. Oh, yeah, not even close. Not even close. All right, so then where's total yards? Here, I can tell you. 542 rushing, 400 receiving. So that is like 900 scrimmage yards. So that's really not that good. But 900 scrimmage yards is still more than I thought that he – if you asked me to guess, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Still, that's not like – for how little he played and how little he touched the ball, imagine if he got – I mean, he got probably half the volume he can get in a full season. If he's a healthy full season, he gets double that volume. Yeah, he's he was a running back two this year. It did not feel like it at all. Like, it was that was a guy that you didn't want to start week every week. You had to freak out. Do I start Swift? Do I start Swift? And most of the times you were let down. He was a running back 21, and I'm actually in my half PPR league right now, I think. So – might be even better. He's going to be better next year than this year if he just plays all the games. Like he'll be better. His production's yeah. not going to go down. So Swift you is only up from here. I think you have to put him as like a borderline RB one next year. I really do. Yeah, he's, I, he's only twenty three years old. Yeah, yeah. He could definitely if Jamal Williams leaves. I think I agree with you, John. He could definitely crack that RB1 territory. And just stay on the field, please, DeAndre Swift. I haven't owned you, but I know fantasy owners that have, and they just want you to stay healthy. Please. We do. So that rounds out our snubs, and that officially concludes our 2023 way, way, way too early running back rankings. As always, thank you for listening. This is the eye test episode 29. We will be back next week for episode 30. We are on all your lovely social media platforms. And please also subscribe to us on YouTube where you can catch this entire podcast episode and get some good video content as well and see our lovely faces yeah you get to actually see us go to youtube (laughs) see what we look like we're good looking people thanks as always for listening peace